0: to this seminar on intentional partnership for church planting. Uh, I'm Henry Bosford, and my, I'm the uh, director for Midwest Church Extension. And to my right, your left, is Brian Miller. He is the pastor at Maria Bible Church in Springfield, Ohio. And over on the other end is Reed Wagner, who is on staff with midwest church extension as the east regional field director but also on staff at berea bible church as associate pastor Is that your that's right okay and uh and we're going to explain why he's a hybrid uh in this fashion and what we're talking about with regard to our topic that will you'll see the relevance of that so let's open in prayer and then we'll get started Father, I thank you for these that have come to be with us today to see the vision of what we have in mind with regard to Berea's uh, mission to reach Springfield, Ohio, and for the uh, blessing that will come later this year with Redeemer Bible Church. I ask, Father, that you would give us a great time of discussion, sharing this opportunity, and that we might be able to share at least one, uh, one opportunity, one model of partnering together Uh, To see the church be advanced, not only here in the States, perhaps elsewhere around the world, Lord. And we just ask for your blessing on our time together. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, The seminar was introduced to you by this description. What do you get when you mix a local church, a mission organization, and a long, dormant IFCA regional area, being the state of Ohio? And what you get is a new church. Because on October 1st of this year, a new church named Redeemer Bible Church will open its doors to serve the southeast sections of Springfield, Ohio. And this ministry is a result of a collaborative effort of IFCA organizational members, Midwest Church Extension, Church Extension Agency, and Berea Bible Church, a local ministry that's a member of IFCA. And so we've invited you to come to learn how the vision for this ministry began, and it's now coming to fruition. So, uh, as I said, I want to introduce our speakers, Brian Miller to my right, and Reed as well on the other end. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of walk you through the genesis of this project and how it's come to the place where we are ready to make that launch in just a few short months from now. Uh, Midwest Church Extension, we've been in operation under that moniker since 2004, but In 2004, we were the product of of a merge of three state-based agencies that were all born in the 1950s. So we've kind of come along that way, and it was a consolidation to bring those together. Uh, And part of our scope, as you can kind of see or uh, project from the map behind us, is it includes the state of Ohio. Uh, However, if you're familiar with IFCA presence in Ohio, it used to be one of the key strongholds uh, in the United States for a regional base. There was a very strong ISCA representation in Ohio up until about the early to mid-60s. And after that, there was a huge, dramatic situation that happened where there was just a mass exodus out of the ISCA from the state of Ohio itself. And pretty much since that time, since the 60s, there's been just a completely dormant area as far as an operational fellowship of IFCA people on the ground in Ohio. You know, when we think about that, and we think about the opportunities or the states that MCE serves, it's kind of something that's, that's, that's a tragedy. You're looking at the state numbers here for the total population in each of these states, and if you look at 12.6 in the state of Illinois, that's the sixth largest state population in the United States. But Ohio is right behind at number seven. So this is actually a huge mission field, and when MCE looks at that map, we're just thinking, you know, where are all the IFCA witnesses? Where is every local church? Where is the establishment that, that represents our identity, our, our brand, if you will, for who we are, the doctrine that we represent, uh, the values that we advocate? Uh, those, all the things that are part of who we are, where are those people in those, and where are those churches on that map? Well, we can identify those by opening the directory and we'll be doing a little bit of that for you even here in a moment. But when you're looking at 11.6 million people in the state of Ohio, that's a huge mission field. We send people to countries with less population than that. So we need to be thinking about how it is strategically, can we do that? so as mce in my role as a director i look at the state and i say well where are those presences and i certainly i start to identify them and we have here the state of ohio and then if you look at the map of ifca presence uh up till this convention um, we are learning about more people now uh even here at the convention that are allowing us to be able to hopefully start to see a few more red stars on this map uh but as it was leading into this into the convention we're, as you can see, we're sparsely populated as far as an IFCA formal presence uh, representing different men in some of these locations sometimes a man and a church sometimes a couple of men in a couple of churches but still, there's a lot of wide open space if you will Uh, in terms of geography coverage, geographical coverage in the state of Ohio. And even one of our brothers, uh, Craig Soplasak, is in Lawrenceburg. That's technically in Indiana, although he would identify more with Ohio than he would be able to in that other way. So there's a lot of turf, especially when you look at some of the major metro areas, Akron, Cleveland, other places as well around the state. There's just a lot of open Territory that does not have a formal IFCA presence. That doesn't mean that there's not gospel witness. We're not quantifying that at this time for this discussion. But it's, it still shows you there's a lot of opportunity for us to be bringing what we believe to those places. Over the years, uh, it was, it's was it been basically a dormant regional. There was one uh, season in the 90s when uh, Pastor Tony Raffa, just outside of Cleveland, in, uh, Ohio, uh, and Jim Jamison, who was also on the other side of Cleveland, Tony on one side, Jim on the other, they were making a very noble effort at gathering different IFCA men and even just Bible church men from around the state to come together and uh, they, they had something sustainable for about five to seven years where that fellowship was going forward. Um, but uh, as life happens, Jim took a call to a different church. It was participating in another fellowship. felt ethically that he needed to kind of swing loyalties to that. So Jim kind of fell off the radar uh, and then Tony with age and retirement and so forth, those kinds of things caught up with them as well and so that wasn't able to be sustained. Uh, and since that time, there's not been any kind of formal activity uh in the ohio regional so those are kind of the specifics of the here and now and yet i'm looking at that state i'm looking at where can we be planting churches how can we bring back an ifca witness in a strong uh, um, uh strategic manner to the state and what we wanted to do is that we wanted to realize that how can we meet this need and the need is this how do we get a firm foothold with which to establish a a planted IFCA presence that will have the vision of more planting opportunities in the future. If we get that first foothold established, maybe that's the beginning or the foundation from which we can spring forth and do more work. And so that's been MCE's goal all along. Uh, There have been various attempts historically since the 90s under MCE's ministry. Past attempts would include a revitalization and two new starts. Uh, The revitalization took place early in the 90s at a little bitty town in the northwest corner of the state called Pioneer. Uh, Harvest Baptist Church was there. We came alongside that ministry, tried to help them to recover. It limped along for a while. um, And then as circumstances came about, uh, there was a a situation where the, the finances that they were gaining enough in finances that they weren't eligible for any further assistance from our agency. And so they then agreed to go ahead and be released. And yet today that church is non-existent. It doesn't, it's no longer there at all. Uh, In uh, uh, the 2000s, we did establish a new church in Westerville, which is on the north side of Columbus and faith Bible church uh, carried on for about 10 to 12 years Uh, But it eventually merged with another ministry in the area, and so that ministry has continued on. uh, But then, again, no IFCA planted or entrenched in the area. Uh, And then in 2010 to about 14, we had another project in Defiance, Ohio, which had a very good, strong start. But because of some circumstances that happened to that ministry, one of them providential, one of them unfortunate, um, that church was not able to stay open. And so, as you can tell, there have been these efforts at trying to stimulate an activity. But what that leaves you, and I openly confess, what that leaves you looking at me, a very frustrated director, how do I get to Ohio and get something to stay there, be entrenched, established, that will then give us a springboard for going forward. Uh, But that means now, uh, obviously, that's the setup to a new opportunity at this time that's presented itself. And this opportunity is projecting such significant promise uh, in the ability for uh, us to meet that need, to get that firm foothold so we can have an established church. So that allows me now to shift the story over to Berea Bible Church, and I'm going to let Brian take it from here.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm Brian Miller. I've been at Berea Bible Church for seven years. When we came there, uh, Berea Bible Church was a small church that had started in the 1970s as a church plant itself. We came from Chicago, where we were involved in a church there for 21 years. Prior to that, we had started a church in western New York and had been involved in church plant there and had established a church, had Built the church had uh, built a building, had done a number of different things in the Western New York area, so that uh, we had a little experience with the church plant and the experience of of starting a church. When we came to Berea seven years ago, one of the things that we wrote out was a mission statement as well as uh, a vision statement. and as we wrote those things out, one of the statements that we made in our mission statement was to become a church of 350, uh, to reach the church and the unchurch of the Springfield area as well as uh, around the world. And part of the philosophy of ministry in that was when we reached that point, we would then begin a new church, um, start a daughter church or start a sister church so that the ministry could continue and grow. Part of my philosophy of ministry is um, I don't want to be a mega church. I don't want to be a church of a thousand. I think that we can more effectively, as believers, reach more people in a smaller group of churches or with a, a group of people that desire to grow in their gifts and talents by uh, using them in different ways. So the church plant has always been a part of the process or the thought process. Um, from the very beginning of my ministry. Um, We continued to grow, and in the seven years we've seen the growth go from 50 to almost 200, Um, and yet last year in the uh, providence of God, as Henry states, um, the city of Springfield uh, revealed that they had um, brought into the city uh, several hundred acres of land and that they had uh, Uh, Agreed to develop that land into 1,500 to 2,000 uh, new housing uh, situations. And so two different uh, plots of ground in the city of Springfield that was going to begin to develop their housing. Um, It was at that point that we came to Henry and asked the question about how could we, well, actually, Reed had come on to staff prior to that, um, looking to... um, be the East Regional Director, but also to, in a year, two years, to plant a church or to do work in ministry in a church planting situation. When uh, the city of Springfield opened up these doors, we felt that this was the time for Reed to take this step and for us to take this step, to uh, begin to um, develop the vision that had been there previously. So we went back to Henry. um, Uh, together we talked. We went to our elder board and deacons boards and uh, spoke with the church. And through the process, uh, we have now come to this step. Um, Berea. All right. Berea looks like this. So if you look at this, we are on a 16-acre plot of land. We have... uh, Developed the parking lot and redeveloped the parking lot. We have a a tomb, a resurrection garden that looks like this. It's one of the few places in probably a four or five state area that has anything like this. Our vision is to uh, reach the community as best that we can, and one of the ways that we're doing that is through the resurrection garden. But now we also believe that God is opening up the doors to reach it in another way, and that is through this church plant. So. Uh, Part of the vision, part of the um, larger scope of what we desire to do as a church body here at uh, Springfield, Ohio. With that, I'll turn it over to (laughs) Rick. Well,
2: you're seeing the picture here of the convergence between the, the vision that MCE has to reach Ohio as a state and the vision for Berea to reach the city of Springfield. And so with the the coming together of those two and saying the best way that we see to reach Springfield is through the planting of new churches, Uh, the way was paved for this relationship to be formed. Now, I was already involved with uh, Midwest Church Extension. I was serving uh, for about six years at Sycamore Bible Church in Trafalgar, Indiana. It's about 20 miles uh, straight south of Indianapolis. And this church uh, was started by uh, Irvin Stutzman, who many of you know, um he served there for the first 10 years of its existence and then after Irvin left there was a, several other pastors who came for a brief tenure and I was uh, in that progression started there in 2016. So I served at uh Sycamore Bible Church so it was, it was uh, a church plant still with Midwest Church Extension but uh had I, I like to tell people it had all the advantages of being a church plant and all the disadvantages of being church plant it had all the advantages of being an established church and all the disadvantages of that as well so um i served there for six years and during that time we had a young man named lance lewis who joined us as a resident with midwest church extension so he was training to go out and do church planting that was uh, why he was with us and so as part of that residency program, he was training under me at Sycamore Bible Church. So we were giving him opportunities to preach, giving him opportunities to have hands-on ministry experience. And during that time, there was a couple of things that happened in my life that, were, that kind of shifted our thinking a little bit. Number one, uh, many of you know, Ken Chipchase was starting Pillar Fellowship just down kind of across the river from Louisville in Indiana. And I remember thinking at that time, What an exciting opportunity, and and thinking to myself, I'd love to do something like that. Meanwhile, with Lance training with us, the thought was we were going to send him out to become a church planter. In fact, he was already working on some survey material, just getting a feel of what it would be like to identify a location to plant a church and what that might involve. And with my own heart kind of feeling more and more like I'd like to be involved in more new start type work, uh, something really incredible and unexpected happened. Uh, we approached Lance, told him about some of the, the things that we were thinking, and asked if he would be interested in staying at Sycamore Bible Church. He had already been there for about a year, getting to know the people, uh, training, getting experience amongst the, the congregation there. And what ended up happening, and I, this is the way I describe it, at the end of the day... There was somebody sent out to plant churches and somebody stayed at Sycamore, but it wasn't the people we thought they were going to be. <laughs> and so Lance is still at Sycamore Bible Church. is doing a terrific job uh, serving, serving the Lord there. We then moved in the beginning of 2022 to Springfield, Ohio. And again, it was a dual, this was the nature of the relationship. I would be serving with Midwest Church Extension as East Region Field Director. That means I would be overseeing MCE ministry in Ohio, essentially, which as we already mentioned, currently there is no MCE ministry in Ohio. There's no new churches currently being started. So part of me going there was to help jumpstart that and and make that a reality. So I began serving with MCE and then also came on staff at Berea Bible Church as associate pastor. From that point, so now our support is essentially covered through... uh, Uh, financial supporters that we have as individuals plus through mce and through uh berea bible church were able to be full-time in that role and the intention of course was always to start a new church now at that point we had not clearly defined where that would be Uh, we were looking at various areas kind of in the surrounding springfield area but we uh, were looking even at some different towns close by and that's when the opportunity that uh Pastor Miller mentioned about uh, the expansion in Springfield. So, let me, there's our family. Our three kids are not with us this week, so uh, they're back in Ohio with a uh, grandparent. So, uh, and my wife Ashley is here with us right now. So, uh, here's, a, here's a picture of where we're looking at. So, Berea Bible Church is up on the north side of town, an area called Northridge. Ridge. Uh, it, it's been in this that location. Well, since it was started, it started kind of up the road from where we are currently. 1970. Yeah. And so it's had an effective witness. These these two circles that you see here is about a mile and a half radius, give or take. And uh, the the locations are really about seven miles. So the the lower circle, and we don't have a a specific location to meet identified yet. We're, We're working on a couple of leads. But that circle is about a mile and a half area where we would like to be. There's uh, the main road that runs through town, 40, that goes out, uh, National Road, uh, as it moves out of the east side of town is where a lot of that expansion is happening. And that's where we would like to be. Because here's, here's the reality that we find a lot of times in IFC in church planting. Is, is Sometimes we're behind the eight ball when it comes to planning and, and planting. And so we're trying to catch up. This is an opportunity for us to kind of be ahead of that as we see the expansion coming, because as we mentioned, there's thousands of homes to be built. In fact, here's the the article that came out in the paper in 2022. Uh, three major areas, including t- uh, 1,700 new f- homes that will be built in that area. Now, some of those have already been built. In fact, uh, well, let me skip this slide off. and back to that. Eh, do I have the pictures on here? I think maybe not. Uh, you can stop by our table. I have, I have pictures out there to show you. Um, some of the new neighborhoods that have been built. There's already about five or 600 new homes already already built, families moving into them. That means there's another thousand, give or take, to be built in the next several years. They're already clearing land, they're already laying um, all the infrastructure, streets and sewer lines and all that kind of stuff to start building. But we have the opportunity at Redeemer Bible Church to be kind of on the ground level of that. So as these new homes, new families move into the area, we can be there to say, "Hey, there's a, a church that preaches the gospel that extends the kind of ministry we've been talking about all this week." As IFCA, but again, there are other churches. Now, the east side of Springfield, there really aren't too many churches. There's a there's a Pentecostal church that sits up on the hill. There's Seventh Day Adventist church over there. There's also a mosque over there. But other than that, there's not a whole lot of churches in that immediate area. Um, so we have an opportunity to have the kind of ministry we've been talking about this week expository, you know, clinging and holding fast to the fundamentals of the faith, that kind of ministry for people uh, to reach those new areas. And just to give you an idea of the picture of the spiritual situation in Springfield, um, there are a number of churches. But you'll notice, uh, even on some of the data, it's a little bit dated, but uh, I expect the trends continue much like this. As of 2010, 68% of Clark County, which would be our county, uh, identifies as none in terms of religious commitment. They have no meaningful relationship with any church body at all. Of course, then there there are mainline Protestants and then Catholics and various others. So when you get down to it, there's only about 16%, uh, give or take, that identifies as evangelical Protestant. And that's a pretty wide banner, right? I mean, we think about evangelical Protestant, that would include the, the Pentecostal churches and, and a number of others. So, the need is great. I mean, we're talking two-thirds of our city would say, no, I don't, I don't go to church, I don't care about any of that. So, Again, just to give you the spiritual context, we have 109 churches that are evangelical in Clark County. And there's 17,000 people in the county that identify as evangelicals. So in in kind of working through some of the survey work, uh, if if we were to reach everyone in our county, we would need about 600 new churches in Clark County. Uh, That need is just tremendous. And obviously we can't plant 600 new churches in our county uh, I, know, I don't know if uh, we'd even want to if we could but we can plant one church and that's what we're doing uh, Berea Bible Church is currently reaching about .3% of the population in Springfield and, and I don't mean to say that as you know Berea is doing a poor job it's just when you see the immense need uh, I mean how much of the population do we want to be reaching well, 100% right well we need we want to Continue the ministry of Berea by planting, and that's the whole idea with Redeemer. Um, again, there's there's one of the pictures that gives you an idea of the uh, neighborhoods that are being built. Uh, these three communities: uh, uh, Bridgewater, which is already underway, and then 1,200 new homes that are being built. Our website is uh, Redeemer Bible Church, or excuse me, Redeemer dot org. So. Um, You can check us out on there. Find out more information. It's still kind of a work in progress. Where it's it's ninety nine percent functional. So if you find something on there that doesn't work, you can reach out to me. But again, I I just want to emphasize that Ed's Redeemer Bible Church. uh, It it is the ministry of IFCA. As as a fellowship, we want to be about proclaiming the gospel of Christ, and not not just reducing to the lowest common denominator uh, we want to have a church that has robust and biblical in its doctrine uh, we're not ashamed of that we're not, uh, we're not trying to appeal to the broadest sector we, wanna, we want to teach the truth with clarity and at Redeemer Bible Church it's, it's our heart is really in Colossians chapter 1 where the Bible says him we proclaim warning every man and teaching every man and that's our, that's our goal, is to be a church where the Redeemer is proclaimed. And so I think part of our purpose in this workshop is to give you a fuller picture of what's happening. We were able to share last night in the general session about Redeemer Bible Church, but to give you a, a deeper picture of what's happening, but also to be an encouragement that what's happened in Springfield is not something that has to stay in Springfield. Uh, this is something that churches all across our country and across our fellowship can do uh obviously in the midwest there's midwest church extension but you have other extension agencies in other parts of the country as well it just takes a little bit of creativity for organizations and churches to partner up and say Let's let's start more churches. Let's extend the ministry of IFCA. And that's what we'd love to see because and I think all of our extension agencies would love to see churches coming to them saying, hey, we know an area and we'd like to see a new church established there. Can you come help us? I I dare say all of our directors would probably be thrilled if there was churches saying, hey, we want to jump in this. We want to help. We want to see churches started. Can you help guide us through that? And that's that's part of our purpose here is just to be an encouragement to you guys and to our fellowship to say, here's here's a time that uh, that's happened. Churches and organizations working together to start new churches for God's glory. And that's uh, that's what we want to share. I know we, uh, leave, we'll leave time for questions here. I don't know how much time I've taken up. I don't have a clock in front of me. So, um, so we have pl- plenty of time for questions, I believe. Uh, so if you have any, uh, thing you'd like to know... One of the three of us should be able to come up make up an answer, at least. Well. well,
0: before we do that, I just want to build on a little bit more on that what Reed was, what was closing here with is, is the fact that really what this theme about this particular seminar is is to, is to give a, a living breathing demonstration of what collaboration it, it can look like. And it, it's going to look differently from place to place, situation to situation. Um, tomorrow morning, uh, we have an opportunity to talk about that, uh, the, what's going to be looking like to open up a brand new territory in, here in Kentucky, uh, and, and how two different agencies are going to collaborate together to see a ministry getting established. The idea of collaboration Uh, is absolutely uh, huge. When you think about the IFCA, uh, there are so many moving parts. There are are all of our international organizations. There's there's the administration of the the fellowship. There's there's the women's ministries. There's the chaplains. There's there's church extension and church planting ministries. And and, and you, you pick your gear. There's a lot of gears that are moving in that piece of machinery called IFCA. And, and yet, if they're all, if the gears and the teeth of those gears are working in, uh, in, in sync with one another, that's what makes the machinery move to advance our identity. Rather than each of those gears kind of like leveraging turf and saying, well, we do this this way, and, and it's hard to cross-pollinate into something else. Uh, where you've, got, you've got the animal of an agency, Midwest Church Extension, and the animal of a local church, Well, they could easily get at cross-purposes. And and what you say is, no, what what binds us together is the advancement of our identity, the advancement of IFCA, our cause, the the, the movement that we've been talking about this week. Um, That's what drives us. So what can the two entities bring to the table to see something take place? And, in fact, what happens is that we have a need to get into the state of Ohio to establish a foothold to do more planting. Berea has a need to, to, to better reach its city for Christ and at the point of that God arranged for the Wagners to be ready to make a move to fit that need to fit in between those things and then through collaboration between uh, our purpose as an agency uh, Pastor Brian's purpose as leader at, at Berea, we were able to navigate how to make that happen so that we could set up that uh in Reed and his family to go forth and, and be sent to establish that church. Um, I, I've watched over the years where different animals, agencies or churches or, or whatever it may be, they draw their lines. Well, that's not what we do. Or they'll, they'll say, well, where's the turf? Well, we can't really do it if we're not in the front seat, if we're not the one driving the, the, the car. Uh, those kinds of things, that territoriality gets in the way of being able to see us advance for the gospel, and this is where we're saying, no, that's not going to that's not going to happen. Do we care about Ohio? We care about Ohio. We want to do something to get something started in Ohio. Do we care about Springfield? Yes, we care about Springfield. We care about lost folks that are there that need that they need the Redeemer. That Redeemer Bible Church is going to proclaim on a, a daily basis in that city, and we let those things drive how we then can say, well, here's what I can bring to the table for this. Well, here's what we're going to bring to the table for this and next thing you know we now have a, a vision that's going to start seeing come to fruition uh just in a few short months from now uh and so that's the passion that I want to convey to this group today and uh, and to show that this is just one way among hundreds of potential ways that that could be manifested throughout our fellowship and if we were able to just be a one example of what could be done just thinking as you said thinking creatively how that how that would take place to see uh, God be God use us all in advancing that's what we wanted to display in this story that we're telling you today um, so that's all I had to, I wanted to wrap that up and I wanted to be sure that we gave you time for questions other than that uh, I've never heard of uh, a a preacher get criticized for letting you out early. (laughs) But uh, obviously we wanted to give you opportunity to ask us questions, and uh, uh, there are a lot of logistics that uh, we could have bored you with, uh, but we certainly would be willing to answer that, because there are logistics, especially between Brian and me, uh, with as leaders of two entities how did we talk about arranging for salary and those kinds of questions and who's really in charge of this project and where does it go those
3: are questions that we can certainly answer if they are interested Yes, I uh, also said that uh, he's not in favor of uh, a mega church uh, not necessarily a mega church so my question is then what is the size of the, your church right now and then uh, another is there in that much limit or that much size, where the church will come, we need to do another sister or you know a brother church, small church planting again somewhere. If that happened, how much and how extent did your church involve mm-hmm. practically to church to make church planting in another another place or you? Selected somebody and sent out individual and support and met them with us party. What is your church's involvement in raising
1: sister church? We're currently averaging about 150 in the morning service. That's been the average for the past uh, six months. We were up to about 200 when Reed first came, and um, Mark here is one of our elders as well. So um, as we look at this, um, our mission statement states that we, want, we would like to be a church of 350 so that we could then break off and, and start other churches and begin the work of another ministry at that point. So we, we would like to grow and reestablish and get to uh, a bigger number before we did it again. Reed and I have talked about the two of us, once Reed's church gets established to where both of our churches work together to start a new A new I'm church so that there would be a cluster of churches that would be developed. All of these things are in the talking stage. We would like to see that happen, um, but that is the vision. Um, To um, say where would that be or what would our role be, um, I think that will depend upon what the Spirit leads us to do at that particular time. But we're open to um, having another person such as Reed come in uh, Establish themselves as an associate, uh, and then in that process of time, as we uh, develop and as we target a new area uh, to to develop that next step. Um, Wright Patterson is right close to us. There's supposed to be additional growth taking place in the Dayton area, to the would be to the west of uh, Berea. Uh, so there is the possibility of going that way. That was one of the areas that we had looked at with Reed. Uh, so, we still have that area as a target area if we desire to do the next step. Um, there's also a lot of growth in the Columbus area with uh, a, a number of factories, a microchip uh, plant going in, a battery plant going in, uh, a number of uh, anywhere from 5,000 to 10,000 new jobs being created there. Uh, so. There's a number of smaller communities between us and Columbus that could potentially uh, be areas that could be targeted. So uh, all of those things we have looked at and we continue to look at. So I, I, I hope I answered your question. I, and, I, and I
0: think what's really exciting about that is is, is uh, you go back to our map of the state of Ohio, that's just one uh, kind of a local platform and you can already see the multiplication uh, concept being exhibited or explained, and that's just from one small portion of the state. Imagine what it could be done if we were able to create two or three additional platforms scattered around the state. Now, now that's when MCE starts getting very excited about how can we... Put provide that kind of coverage uh, to be able to bring our brand of ministry uh, around the state of Ohio. That would be one of Reed's longer range uh, ministry goals would be to not only have the opportunity to train somebody like he did at Trafalgar with Brother Lance, but then to do that again in, in the new ministry to see Berea uh, accomplish the same thing. Now we're talking two churches that could be reducing two church planting men to be sent out uh, with MCEs being able to be able to come alongside in both of those scenarios. And then whatever the circumstances are, as Brian said, sometimes we just have to wait to see what the path will be that needs to get navigated and who will bring what to the table at that specific time. Uh, but that's what that's why the collaboration aspect, if we have that relational collaboration, we're going to do something, whatever it is. And even if we don't know what that is today, five years from now, it's gonna be crystal clear but the relationship's already been established for collaboration to be done so that we can then advance when that time comes. Oh, Yeah. Do you have, I'm going to use a term now, do you have a core group that's being prepared to be part of the new church plant? Or are you going to launch <coughs> just
3: simply from promotional outreach activity?
2: Yeah, there is a core group that's currently forming. In fact, uh, we have we have a few already in it and then we had our first kind of first meeting to, to judge and gauge interest already and then uh, when we get back from convention it's going to really start in earnest with the core group so we will have a core of families to help be the initial seed of starting the church but also you know as with any church our, our objective is to reach right. the lost so we want to make that a big is that emphasis. core group uh, a
0: high group from Maria? or a Bible study group that's been
2: started interested in church writing? So the, the, of the families we have interested in the core group about it's about half and half almost with uh, those who are outside and yeah. those who are coming from Berea. Thank
1: you. And I'll say this, you know, um, Mark being here with an elder uh, role, one of the things that we struggled with as elders and as leaders was how much do we restrict our growth um, we had talked about uh, possibly um, building a new church building. We had talked about expansions in a number of different ways for o- us ourselves. And some of those things we've had to kind of uh, put aside for a little bit to, in order for this to take place at this time. So all of those things play into it that um, in some respects we weren't prepared for when when we started and when... Uh, the city announced this that made us come back and, and spend time in prayer and, and consultation between us as elders as to what we were willing to do or what we didn't want to do. So all of that comes into play that kind of uh, caught us off guard in some respects when we first started to where we are now. So.
2: And, and one thing I would say also about that is that... Um, you know as you mentioned in the vision statement of being a church of 350 as you can tell we're we're not a church of 350 currently and so well why are we planning a church then you know shouldn't we wait until we reach sort of capacity and i think i think it was really a discussion on following the lord's timing and the the opportunity was here our family was already there and i think that ought to be an encouragement too that you know here's a church of about 150 200 that's planning a church i think sometimes we get real intimidated on the on the topic of church. We could never do that. You know, we're just a church of a hundred people. Well, uh, don't say never <laughs> because right. the Lord may provide in ways you don't expect. So,
3: you know what? thing that <clears throat> because you find in a certain place that it need a church there, so the church agree and uh, uh, founded the church there. Is it the church planting minister? We just go and build the the church building and exist and then people just come in? Or uh, how did you invite mobilize the area, the people to be a member to come into the church? Is it personal evangelism? Or how do you reach out the community? Uh, It's it's a means of that's a problem in India also in the mission. You know, the people invite people. The
0: strategy is going to be kind of a macro strategy. There's going to be personal uh, invitation that it has who, who could ever fault word of mouth and in personal invitation relationships. Uh, there's going to be an online uh, media blitz. There's going to be uh, on the ground uh, through advertising, uh, neighborhood canvassing. Especially in those new neighborhoods, so I I always get excited about the picture that he shows when I see when when the gentleman here drove me around for about an hour or so uh, to kind of help me get a a picture of the neighborhoods that they were targeting And, and and look at those streets. I mean, there's not a black. There's not a black mark that they've filled in a crack or anything. They're brand new streets. You drive on some of these streets, these lawns are not even sodded yet. The houses are still being, they're still going up on lots. I mean, uh, uh, and, and little tykes stuff in every yard. I mean, it's just like, you can just see these families are just there waiting to be touched and so this is the and, and it's street after street after street after street yeah. uh, and, and so this is a great opportunity so yeah neighborhood canvassing would be a yeah. huge opportunity um, and, and there, there are going to be just those that are going to drop in you mentioned the, the scenario of just you, do you open ministry and, and maybe the core group comes to you um, that's not my favorite way of doing things but we ended up starting a church last fall doing the very very thing. Uh, we, we attempted core group establishment in Green Bay, Wisconsin for 12 years. Never could get anything to start. We opened up services, we have a core group. So uh, go figure, right? That's <laughs> why it's the Lord's work, not Henry's, right? So, I mean, uh, but uh, that's not the strategy that we anticipate here. We're doing a lot more groundwork in trying to truly multiply off of off of the Berea Bible Church. So so um, it's kind of like any and all opportunities in trying to incorporate what we can uh, to facilitate getting the word out and making people aware of this opportunity. One more question, Henry, I'm not sure who to address it to, but uh, with the startup budget
1: and
0: mm-hmm. then sustainability budget, yeah. uh, are you... Are the, Midwest and Maria
1: sharing financial responsibilities? Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah, we are. Uh, and it started by investing in Reed and his family. Um, uh, I'll let Brian speak to what the church's side of it is, but it, I, honestly it was an agreement between our two uh, ministries that we would share 50% of the responsibility for Reed and his family to be brought to that area because we knew that we knew that we could be in love with this idea but until you had someone that was on the ground that could end up mobilizing the whole project there was no way to get that done and and see those have been, often been the places where ministries run into their roadblocks because it's you know it, it that money can be one of those turfs that can cause a war and and we just knew that that wasn't going to happen we we knew that this the cause of what we wanted to accomplish was too important for that to even be a factor so, so yes there was some navigation on how to address those things and we and we collaborated together with the leadership at the church and with MCE to do that but we both know what we were gaining uh, we MCE is getting is, is, is as equally invested in the Wagners and this project as, as is Berea um, Berea in some ways uh, gets the front load of all of that because they're on the ground they're the boots that are there and they're eating, living, and breathing this every single day. Um, but I'm, I've got the long range in mind because I'm, trying, I'm not only trying to help win Springfield, I'm trying to help start a ministry in a state. Uh, and this is that investment. So whatever we're contributing to that uh, is, is, is advance money in that respect. Now with regard to the church plant itself, that's all in process now. All of the dreaming and the vision the casting and everything has been taking place up to the convention. It's at, it's at this event where our mobilization is starting to take place. And now we're in, we're, when we get back home to Springfield uh, and uh, at post-convention, that's when the sprint run to October begins. Uh, so that we, we're going to be able to see some launch campaign being advanced through Midwest Church Extension. Uh, Berea will be evaluating what they will be able to identify and then budget toward that. Um, and uh, and then that will be the seed from which uh, the new ministry will spring. And then and then each step of the way will obviously be evaluation and navigation about what next to do. So do you have some sort of facility target, like strip malls? Uh, where are you going to start October the 1st?
2: That's that's a great question. Ooh, okay. <laughs> and, and one, one we don't currently have an answer for. Um, so there, there are different possibilities we've looked at. There's there are some vacant um, like storefront properties over on that side of town that might be a possibility. We're trying to get in contact with them. and Then um, there's there's several options. There's the Shawnee School that's not very far off that path. And, you know, churches have started in schools. There's a movie theater we've, we've uh, I, I've reached out to. So. Um, we're, we're waiting to see what the Lord provides so that, that'd that be something if you nothing else you walk out of here you can pray that the Lord will provide for us a place to meet come fall um, and we're confident and that's one of the things this summer we're hoping to really get squared away so great question we
1: still
0: have a little time so if you have other questions you'd be glad to entertain me
3: not like most should. of it so can you just tell it say everything again the <laughs> end. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Did you have some? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a question. Okay. <laughs> our differences here, India, Armison and here, you're just planting. So, uh, by advertising or making known people through information, dispute, uh, you know, from that we are here you uh, know, facilities here, children are here, everything come over, people come. Yes. So the problem in India is there, we got made of transplanting somewhere. Now the entire community, they try to dismantle and try to stop us. Yes. So it's really hard. It takes time to people to convince, uh, you know, uh, to become a Christian. Uh, that is the difference here, and over there, that's that's a uh, half part of it. <clears throat> and then what happened here, over there in, in yesterday, we cannot plant church, build a, a building. It's a matter of scarcity of land, sure. it's very expensive. At the same time, it's not available at all for church. Yeah. So, mostly what we planted the church is just home base. Yes. Yeah, home base, home base, like that. And now, now here, one of our mission field in Rajasthan, house cannot accommodate. Like 40, 50 people come somehow. It's a growing we are. Okay. Okay. Uh, we, we are sort of space. So we raise funds and buy the land uh, from the Muslim guy, and then register it, and not as a church, but something mission center, activity center, we register. And then when we start building, the fencing start up. The entire community, the Hindu, even the the priest, the sadhu, everybody, RS is what the radical volunteer who. Destroyed the church and Christian, you know, the persecution. They all come. There's no way that this is a Hindu land. That's a, you know, no Christian belief can exist. As such, you know, so much, strong opposition. We are being treated, you know. Uh, if you want your children or your family to see your body, it's a time to live for you. Go home. Don't come here. A lot of treatment, a lot of problems like that.
2: Yeah.
3: But uh, 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 since the land, we own it and we resisted it and we got electric connection now. If we die, we die. Hmm. If they kill you, our and our mission director here in the field. You two build it. If they kill me, you build it. If they kill you, we build it. We will not stop. Anyway, we just carry on the war. And now, what happened here? Um, It should become a kind of, you know, a gospel beacon. That is the city where we all got beaten in 2016 when we said a gospel. That is not even one Christian school, any institution not allowed to exist there. That's the predominantly, you know, the high caste Hindu Brahmins city. And here the new colony means for those high caste Hindu only, no Muslim, no Christian. But God gave a privilege that we can put on feet on it there. And here, now, the, uh, the good thing is that when we start building the building, our, our field director, he has very, you know, uh, sense, very sensitive mind. He is. He go to the Hindu, the artist's leaders who own a business selling building materials. So we go to them and buy the cement and buy the uh, iron and the material for a building. We shop it in their shop. Then those leaders now. They support. Hmm. No problem, let them build. And uh, here the eyes people divide into two, build. Huh. And now we are almost completed. Hmm. The floor, 200 people can sit on the floor for 30 feet, 40 feet. Hmm. That's the building. And the top three bedroom, our uh, mission director will live there. Hmm. That kind of, you know, what I say is that in the process of Christian ministry, a lot of, you know, persecution. A lot of problem uh, we face in India. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the, this is the talk of the town is that we got beaten him. How does he come back again? So I yeah. said, Brother, I don't come to challenge him. I just come yeah. because I know God loves him. That's why I'm coming. Okay. Yeah. The, and, and that work now, you know is a challenge of just country is uh, really, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and that's some of the
1: things we don't know yet uh, as far as what the city codes will be and what uh, I know a number of places around America are, are becoming similar to that in that they refuse to have church buildings or religious organizations in new um, building areas. And so some of those things we don't know yet. But we have enough space around us to where we can uh, hopefully overcome some of those things by not having to build in a new building area um, and purchasing or doing something different in the city itself so uh, hopefully we won't have any of those problems but uh, I'm not saying that we won't Uh, Uh, I'm just saying uh, hopefully uh, we won't
0: Um, well we want to thank you all for coming today we really appreciate that Uh, thank you for listening to our testimony last night as well and uh be thinking about uh, Redeemer Bible Church October 1st. This is a launch date and then October 29th will be the church planting Sunday and of course as you were told last night uh, CPC has agreed that this will be the featured project for you all to unite with us in prayer and for some uh, help with the financial start of the ministry. So uh, be in prayer and keep your eyes open for those uh, that bit of information. If you'd like to learn more about any of those things be sure to talk with me and Reed and Brian and
2: we'd be glad to Keep, keep you all included and informed
0: about that along the way.
1: If you
2: did not get one of these magnets last night, take take one because uh, just it'll be a reminder to you to pray for us. And also, I failed to mention last night, but at our table, as you come right into the convention center, to the left or to the right, uh, there is a sign up sheet there if you'd like to receive more information, place to put your email down, so we can keep keep you abreast of what's going on at uh, Redeemer Bible Church. So. All right. Thanks for coming, y'all. Have
0: a great day.